0: Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Thursday to you. Happy day before Friday. We're working our way through the week. Fantastic show planned for you today. It's going to be an organic show. It's going to be an unscripted show. It's going to be just you and me today, and this is by design. I want to pick up on a conversation that uh, we had yesterday and maybe even the day before. And so the entire theme to this week, and, and probably we're gonna continue this discussion on Friday because this is an issue and a topic uh, that I'm very passionate about. And I really loved yesterday's show. I, I really loved our discussion in Tennessee Harmony where myself, TJ Moe, Pastor Anthony, Virgil Walker, had a awesome discussion about the word pride. And I'm hoping that it inspired in you some thought based on the emails I've received. It did uh, inspire thought. People have sent me very thoughtful emails and and I've appreciated it, but I want to continue in this conversation. And tomorrow, we'll probably invite uh, several of, if not most of our contributors, uh, to come back on and help me finish and, or not finish is the wrong word, continue uh, this discussion about pride, because I believe pride is at the root of many of the problems we're seeing across America and many of the problems I think we're seeing within so-called Black America. Pride is a very, very important topic, and we need to wrestle with it, and we'll take as much time as necessary uh, to wrestle with it and and hopefully reach some sort of conclusion. But for me, when I start thinking about what's on brand and on mission for this show— one of the things I think we have uh, landed on, and we've landed on very successfully is is our mindset as men and as Christian men, our mindset about life. and And we believe, and it's a foundational issue uh, for this show, that life begins in the womb. and and the re- that's a foundational issue in our support of preborn is a foundational issue because I believe that <clears throat> your mindset about life in the womb will dictate your mindset about life outside the womb. And, and you've, anybody that's watched this show in real time has watched Royce White plant that seed in me, that, that seed of that thought, that idea, I didn't fully grasp it. My instincts were, you know, obviously in alignment with uh, being pro-life and, and, and joining up with pre-born. But it was something Royce said on this show that when he first said it, I didn't get it. And then over time, as we kept having more and more discussions, I was like, man, Royce is white, right. Your mindset about life in the womb dictates your whole whether you have the proper mindset about just life in general. And that's why the combination between this show and preborn has taken on a life of its own and that's why I have promoted support of preborn as one of the most manly things, one of the most godly things we can do is joining that fight. And and I'm I'm leaning the direction as we keep having more and more conversations, and I do more and more reflection, I do more and more reading of the Bible and listening to sermons, that our mindset about pride and that particular word, and I, we had an awesome discussion, I'm not here today to redebate debate the discussion we had yesterday, I'm just telling you where I have landed after yesterday's discussion, after more reflection, After just more thought, this whole pride thing is a foundational issue for us as men. And I would say, in particular, for us men with dark pigmentation and skin. And so I I just want to start here in why I believe pride is a seed that produces poison. And I want to start with the cartoon, The Proud Family. And The Proud Family is a Disney show that debuted in 2001, I believe. And you heard TJ, and I've talked to some of my producers, Justin, who works on this show for us. And they remember that cartoon by Disney, The Proud Family, from 2001. It's like, man, that was was a great show. It was fun. It's about a, a family that had great traditional values. But now there is a new version of it called the proud family, louder and prouder. It's been released here, I believe, in the last six months or so. It, it, it's be, being popular and has some influence over the culture. And it speaks to what I believe about the word pride. And there's so much power in the tongue. And and I've had people uh, write me and say, hey, you guys are just having a semantical discussion. I don't believe it's a semantical discussion. I believe there are certain words that are popularized in the culture to poison our mindset and to take us a direction that's unhealthy for us. And I believe pride is one of those words. I've had people write me and say, look, Jason, uh, the word pride in the King James version of the Bible is never used in a positive light. I don't want to go down the path of, well, this version of the Bible and this interpretation and there's new versions. What we can all say factually about the Bible, regardless of version, and as Virgil brought this out yesterday, it's more prone, it's, it's heavily, overwhelmingly, when pride is talked about in the Bible, it's a negative. There are some instances in certain versions of the Bible where pride is used as a positive. But if you go to the King James Version of the Bible, pride's not talked about as a positive, there's a different word used there when Paul or someone else references pride, but overwhelmingly, regardless of Bible, pride overwhelmingly is used as a negative. And then the other interesting thing I thought TJ brought up is like when God was trying to express to us, to Jesus, to mankind. I'm well pleased with you. He didn't, he didn't use the word. I'm proud of you. Well, pleased. well done. And so if these are the words God chose, why should I choose differently? But I'm just going to the, in my view right now in the conversation we're going to have today, pride is a poisonous word. And I'm going to use the cartoon, the proud family that, had its original run starting, I believe, in 2001. Now it's back. And let's look at the fruit that that name, The Proud Family, has produced. Let's watch a clip from the new edition of The Proud Family, Louder and Prouder.
1: This country was built on slavery, which means slaves slaves built built this country. country. Tilled this land from sea to sea to sea. First there was rice, tobacco, sugar cane. Then Whitney did his thing, and cotton became candy. We were its soldiers Four million strong Fighting for America's freedoms Even though we remained America's slaves Slaves. Built this country The descendants of slaves Continue it. Slaves built, built this country. country. And we, the descendants of slaves in America, have earned reparations for their suffering. And continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the systemic prejudice, racism, and white, white supremacy, supremacy that America was founded with and still has not atoned for. Slaves built, built this country. country. Not only field hands, but carpenters, masons, blacksmiths, musicians, inventors built cities from Jamestown to North. Washington. Washington. 40 acres and a mule. We'll take the 40 acres, keep the mule. We, we made your family rich. From the southern plantation heirs, to the northern bankers, to the New England ship owners, the founding fathers, former presidents, current The Illuminati, the New World Order, slaves Slaves built built this country. We had Tubman, Turner, Frederick D. Didn't they say Lincoln freed the slaves? But slaves were men and And women, women. and only we can free ourselves. Emancipation Emancipation is is not freedom. Freedom. Jim Crow, segregation, redlining public schools, feeding private prisons, where we become slaves again. As we celebrate Juneteenth for For the the um umpteenth time, time, our account is still outstanding. Me slaves built this country and we demand our 40 acres and a mule you can keep the mule keep the 40 we're taking our freedom
0: pride produces idolatry That's what, again, in 2001, Disney plants the seed of pride. They name a cartoonish black family, the proud family. That's them planting the seed. The fruit that that seed produces is idolatry. And so what you just saw in the new iteration of the proud family, this was always intended. They knew what seed they were planting. When James Brown, and the music industry got behind, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. They knew what seed they were planting, the seed of pride. It produces idolatry. Racial idolatry produces chaos and division and disharmony. It produces entitlement. It produces a lack of gratitude. It produces that whole victim mentality. I'm owed something. I'm better than you. And so here's a cartoon directed at kids telling kids they're owed something. None of the kids that will watch that cartoon have been slaves, are slaves have been denied any freedom, but they want to poison that kid with racial pride, racial idolatry, and put that negative energy into their heart, soul, and mindset. They want them angry and feeling like victims. Pride is a poison. This is my view. I'm going to tell you where this whole racial pride thing has gone and it's always been a poison. If you go back, and we go back and look at the 1950s and 60s, 40s, 20s, whatever, black pride is working the exact same way as white pride. It's just as destructive. It causes the same type of feeling and defensiveness and animus and sense of entitlement and sense of superiority as white pride. If you're against white pride, if you're against racial idolatry and the kind of racial idolatry that contributed to slavery and Jim Crow and all of that, and you can't see that black pride is doing the exact same thing to our young people. You're blind. You're in denial. As I talked about yesterday, what does pride compel? Defensiveness and blind. Oh, I got to defend this. I got pride in this. I have to defend this. I can't open my eyes and see and, and be open to criticism and correction, because I'm proud. I'm standing on pride. And I, I yesterday, we, we had the whole discussion, TJ. And I'm not being critical. And I, I don't even have to explain this, because TJ knows my heart, Virgil, Anthony, everybody knows my heart. And I'm just talking. I'm just trying to push us all to think, rethink think about our positions, take our thinking to a higher level. I I don't need to explain. These guys guys know me. They know I love them and they know I'm not trying to. But anyway, TJ made the point yesterday about taking pride in our love of God. And I said, you know, I I guess I'm good with that, but I'd rather express it a different way. I don't want to use the word pride because in the Bible overwhelmingly pride is pointed to as a horrible negative and based on what I see in society what I've seen in my 55 years the Bible's a hundred percent right and so I don't and the, the other thing I, I'll say today and enter into the conversation and I want our viewers and everybody to ponder this think on it but but I don't think God is all that interested in us taking pride in him. I think that's something we want to do. Here's what I think God is actually interested in. Obedience to him. And we, I know me, I'll take we out of it. There's no mouse in my pocket. I'll just talk about me. As a fallen man. I'm always looking for some substitute for obedience. I don't know about the rest of you, but I know me, Jason Whitlock. I'm on a constant hunt for a substitute for obedience. Oh man, is there something I can do that I can give God that will fool him into thinking or to ignore my disobedience. Oh yeah, I'll give to this charity. Oh yeah, I'll do this and that. I'll do all these different things and think that my work and all these great little things that in my mind I've done, (laughs) that makes up for my disobedience. And so I think many of us have fooled ourselves. We run around and wear our Christianity on our sleeves and we're the best Christians possible. We take pride in being a Christian. And what God actually wants is obedience to his word. And the reason we're fallen people, the reason I'm fallen, I'm gonna take everybody else out of this as best I can. The reason I'm fallen is because I'm constantly trying to give some God something different than obedience. And it keeps me on a hamster wheel and spinning my wheels and not making the progress and enjoying all the things God has for me. And pride is one of those things that we think covers our disobedience. I don't, I don't think it covers it. I, 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 I know that what God really wants from me, far more than pride, Is obedience and so now I want to transition into because I have a much larger point that that I'm trying to get to and and where I want to take this fearless movement as I told you we got to get our mindset right about where life begins because if we do that our decision-making gets better and better and better if you have the right approach to life in the womb, it's going to make, it's going to enhance your approach to life outside the womb. If we get our minds right about pride, it's going to lead us a better direction than coming up with our little justifications for pride. Because once you put that pride seed in your body, it's going to metastasize. It's going to spread. And the next thing you know, you won't just be taking pride in God. You'll be taking pride in a lot of things that do you harm and do the culture harm. So here's where I'm going with this racial pride and just pride seed and what it's produced and, and it's, there's a reason I made the reference to 1940s, 50s, 60s, 1920s, 1800s, and the racial pride of white people, and, and what Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Movement did. They started creating conflict so that TV news outlets, and newspapers would have video of what white pride did to white people and how it turned them wicked and devilish. Water hosing dogs, lynchings, violence towards black people. Stay in your place. This is what white pride did. And we all complained about it. And there's years and years of history of what unchecked, unchallenged white pride did to America. And had white people looking like devils. I didn't say they were devils. I said they were looking like devils. To the point that black religious sects were calling them devils and they would Throw up these videos as the proof. Look what they're doing to the black man. All he wants is an opportunity to work and take care of his family. They're sicking dogs. They're lynching him. They're spraying water hoses on him. All these different images. So what's going on in 2020? Are we not seeing the reverse of this and everybody's in denial because of pride? We're ignoring it because that's what pride tells you to do. You get defensive. You don't deal with your own flaws. You you, you take pride in certain things and we have this racial pride that keeps us in a constant state of denial. I'm not going to address my flaws. I'm not going to, to live up to what, the Bible and God demands of me. I'm going to be in open rebellion. I'm going to be in disobedience to God because of my pride and my idolatry around race. And so if you're like me and have a social media feed, you, unless you're ignoring it, you're being fed a steady diet. You're seeing a steady diet of videos of young black kids or some grown black people in some cases being very violent towards white people. And and you can be in the denial and pretend like, well, there's just as many videos of, of white kids doing this to black kids. You'll be in denial and you'll be lying. And, and you can go, well, there's videos of police uh, doing it to uh, George Floyd and Eric Garner and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, that's just how things are. And you'll be lying and you'll be in denial because for every video we could show you of George Floyd or Eric Garner or whatever, there's a white video as well, or image as well, or example as well. They don't show you those over social media because social media is rigged. They don't show you those in corporate media because corporate media is rigged. There's in terms of police misconduct that runs all directions and there's proof of it. That's just factual. And again, if you take pride out of it and just deal with the facts, you know what I'm saying is true. But there is no equality as it relates to this string of videos we're about to play. You can be in denial if you want to be, but I'm not going to be in denial because the same racial pride that had white folks looking like devils We got videos and a constant stream of them that make black folks look like devils. There's about six, seven, eight of these. I just want us to play in a role. I'm, I'm just gonna kick back, watch them. Maybe as many as 10. I can't remember how many of these I found just this morning. But there's plenty of them. They're all over the Internet. And we can't be in denial that there is a problem. And this is related to racial pride. It's a poison. It does the same thing to everybody. And it's doing it to us. Just play them back to back. Let me know when we've played them all.
2: A disturbing video shows a 15 year old boy getting violently attacked inside a McDonald's bathroom in South Florida. And before we show you the video, we want to warn you, you may find it pretty graphic. You can see the victim curled up into a ball as another teenager unleashes just punch after punch. This happened inside a Wellington McDonald's bathroom. Another student who joined the attacker caught the whole thing on camera and began sharing the video around school. The victim's mom says her son didn't personally know his attacker.
1: I haven't slept in days since I saw this video because how do you see your kid treated like that
2: for no reason? A brutal attack on a school bus in Illinois was caught on a surveillance tape. It shows a 17-year-old student looking for a seat. He sits down next to a younger student, 14 or 15 years old, and then all hell breaks loose. Five minutes after the first round, a second student attacks. Only this time, another student
0: steps forward and breaks up the fight. a woman is recovering from a brutal beating and robbery while the four suspects who attacked this woman, they are still on the run. The bold and shocking crime happening Sunday evening along Addison Street in Center City. Action News reporter Bob Brooks live for us right there in that area. And Bob, those suspects got away with the victim's credit cards.
2: Yeah, great, that's right, they did. You know, neighbors here uh, trying to come to grips with what has happened. As you can see all around me, the 1800 block of Addison Street is very well lit. Neighbors feel like they're going to be safe here, but this past Sunday night, around seven o'clock, that wasn't the case. You see the suspects come running from behind. The female victim is violently shoved to the ground, and for roughly the next 30 seconds, she's punched, kicked, and repeatedly knocked back down to the street
0: outrage over a sucker punch on the court during a girls youth basketball game witnesses say the girl who threw the punch was actually encouraged to do so by her own mother
1: the powerful punch was caught on video and the mother and daughter were tossed out of the game ktla's kimberly chang is live in garden grove with reaction from the
3: mother of the girl who got punched kimberly Hi, the youth players in this game are part of a basketball club. This was supposed to be a fun game over the weekend, but turned violent. Now, this Orange County mom that we spoke with says her daughter returned from the game disoriented, and she knew that something went terribly wrong. Other teammates and parents filled her in and showed her this disturbing video. (laughs) Video shows a 15-year-old girl being punched by a fellow player at a youth basketball game in Garden Grove. The person in question went down the court and shot a three-pointer, landed, fell backwards into my daughter. It's this audio on the video that has her disgusted and outraged. Listen. As they got up and turned and were walking back, back down to the other side of the court, um, her mom says to her, you need to hit her for that. And um, the, the child in question basically winds up and sucker punches my daughter. 2 at 10, cameras rolling as a man is badly beaten outside of a gas station in North Harris County. Channel 2's Jacob Rascone is live in the Klein area tonight and just spoke with the man who was attacked. Jacob?
2: Yeah, Christine and Chris, the victim, Mason, says he was coming to the convenience store just to get a couple of groceries. He was at the front of the line when he says a group of guys tried to cut in line. He told them there's a line for a reason. Then they left and they waited for him outside and the surveillance camera there caught what happened next. It's just that sinking feeling to where it's just, well there's nothing i can do now the video clearly shows four guys walking up to mason and attacking he never lets go of his groceries as they take turns kicking and punching him on the ground including in the face the last to leave leans down to talk to him then gives him one last punch i was sitting there on the ground just kind of in shock didn't really know what to think Mason didn't realize that it wasn't over. There was a fifth guy. He comes up to me, kicks me in the face, and screams, Black Lives Matter.
0: I didn't drink your uh, drink. Don't call me so a what thug. You so so what you is? Huh?
2: If we thugs, so what you is? I'm not a thug. I don't go to so, people's so what, tables so what, and, and harass not, them. Not, Man, that, I don't know. Don't call bro. us a
0: thug, bro. Don't, yeah, don't call, call us a thug. Support. I'm not a thug. Don't call me a thug. I could tell you something crazy what? right Man. now if I want to. He just called us because we black. I know. Don't call us thugs, bro. Don't call us thugs. I don't know him. He was homeless or something. Yo, bro, I didn't drink your drink, so don't call me a thug. Yeah, and I'm recording two. you. I'm dead. Who?
2: What can I'm what not. What does it
0: make if you're recording me? What does that do? Nah, you I'm just. just th- I don't. Up.
2: Yeah, who's a thug? You racist, bro. You're racist. Maybe Yeah, I am. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Racist yeah. black bitch. Yeah, and, and what if we beat your ass right now? You won't do it. Call me a. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Call me a n- right Now, I'll, bro, I'll beat your ass myself. Do it. My do it. Call me. Do it. Do it do it right now do what it do it what you gonna do Do it like, hey, do it, do it. you just call me your thug So what the you now? do it do it. Call do it call it. Call go ahead call call I, ain't I, was was boy, no. I ain't touch I was you my boy i ain't touch you stick your ass get your fuck- no. stupid girl, girl you talking about yeah don't call us thugs bro don't call us thugs because we not thugs bro
0: So, I I, I already know my my critics and the people filled with racial pride. Hey, there's no context. You don't know what was did before, what started it, and blah, blah, blah. In the... 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, there was always an excuse. There was always some justification. Well, you don't know the context. You don't know what Emmett Till or whoever they just hung from a tree or whoever we just sprayed with water hoses. They should have been doing X, Y, and Z. They're just starting trouble. There was always an excuse. And where's the context and all that? And and What I'm telling you is that the videos that were shoved in American faces in the 1940s, 50s, 60s, the pictures, the images, it had an impact and it was intentionally done to show the wickedness of racial pride and white idolatry. And it inspired, in Christians, some that had a pair, to stand up and say enough is enough. For those of us that are Christians, regardless of color, but particularly for those of us that have dark pigmentation, we got to have the courage to stand up and say enough is is enough. The white folks that stood up in the fifties and sixties, they were called lovers. Inward lovers beep out the inward. I don't want to, but that's what they were called. No different than I'll be called a sellout. I'll be called Steven from Django or whatever for pointing out this insanity and what black pride is inspiring in our young people. I don't care. I'm not going to watch this and see the imbalance and, and know dang well what's going on and not say something. They can call me every name in the book, but as a Christian, as someone who believes in God. I'm not going to sit violent, uh, uh, silently and watch black people get portrayed this way or be allowed to act this way. I'm just not going to do it. And they can call me every name in the book. Guilty as charged. The time for silence is over. This is out of hand and we all know it. It's stirring up a level of racial animus and division that is completely unhealthy. I don't care what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the Democrat party say, and they all white supremacy is the biggest threat to America. And what about the proud boys? And what about Brett Favre? That's all BS. We are drunk on racial pride and our young people are out of control. And it needs to be called out and put to a stop. We look like clowns for saying nothing. We look no different than the white Christians who watched all of that transpired in the 50s and 60s, or go back to the 1800s, to the white Christians who stood silent and watched slavery go on and Jim Crow and all that unfairness without uttering a word. That's how foolish we look sitting around saying nothing, letting our pride make us very defensive and be in denial about what pride is doing to us. This is all cut from the same cloth. It's all from the same seed. Pride. Pride is a poison that you offer up to God for disobedience. Well, I'm Proud Christian, so I don't, have to, I don't have to get young people in line. I don't have to take care of my kids. I don't have to speak against a culture that's completely out of line with God's natural order. Well, I don't have to do nothing. White people did a bunch of stuff, and uh, they were cowards and silent too. This is what they deserve. That's not Christian. It's not healthy. You will pay a price for this. God knows and can see what is going on and what is compelling you to sit silent and pretend like this isn't happening. We have to as black Christians, Stand up and stand against this. That this is. It's what we owe America. It's what we owe God. This is I'm just uh, this is going to be part of what we're going to be working towards in this fearless movement. Is we have to muster the courage to stand against this racial idolatry. And if we don't have that courage, I really, it'll just be me doing this show alone. I'll run the cameras. I'll do it all by myself because we're going to stand against this idolatry. It's killing us and killing our country. And this has been going on way too long. This isn't some new thing just because of George Floyd. This racial idolatry got a hold of us a long time ago when they told us that pride is more important than virtually anything else. And that's why they had us running around and James Brown's I'm Black and I'm Proud is the greatest song. And and, and we can't see, (laughs) they planted that seed and look where it is now. The LGBT, the alphabet mafia, pride. That's their word now, pride month. Y- y- y'all going to sit here and tell me pride is a good thing when it is now the primary tool of the LGBTQ alphabet mafia movement that has us debating whether men can get pregnant, whether there are more than two genders, whether children should be exposed to drag queens in schools, whether children should have their penises cut off, whether children should have their breasts removed, whether children and teachers should plot against parents and conceal some identity that a kid is living at school and doesn't want his parents to know. This is all rooted in pride. People are, again, skin color, irrelevant. We got this whole pride built around skin color, and we've seen it with racism, and we've seen the wickedness that that produced. Now we're looking at it with dark-skinned people, and we're looking at the wickedness that it produced. And now we're looking at the LGBT deal, and the pride and the wickedness that that produces. That kids at four and five and six years old need some purple-haired clown talking to them about sexuality because they're proud of who does and what does enter their booty hole. They now want to talk to your kids about it in school. Two women laying up scissoring. That's so important. And they have so much pride in that, that they now want to talk to your kids about it in school. Those aren't their kids. God didn't put them in charge of your kids. It's not their job to groom your kids, but this pride they have over their sexuality is being forced and shoved down the throat of everybody. Pride is a poison that is destroying this country and destroying young people. This has been going on this whole little racial pride deal, solid 20, 30 years. There's a white version of Emmett Till. His name's Reginald Denny. We were all in denial 30 years ago when the LA riots jumped off and, and Reginald Denny got pulled out of a truck and nearly killed. And our racial pride stopped us from addressing the wickedness of racial pride and what it produced in L.A. And all oh, it's justified because those cops got off. But let me—the people that beat and nearly killed Reginald Denny—they got off too. Play the clip.
3: Damien Williams and Henry Watson came to court with their heads shaved today to hear their fate. And when the verdicts were read, Williams and his attorney Edie Fall embraced, as Williams was found not guilty of the most serious charge, aggravated mayhem in connection with the beating of Reginald Denny. In all, Williams was convicted of four simple assaults and a simple mayhem, far lesser counts than the prosecutors had sought. Henry Watson was convicted of only one charge, a simple assault count, in connection with the beating of Reginald Denny. Outside the courthouse, about 30 protesters listened while the verdicts were being read and had these reactions. I don't think either one of them should have ever been put on trial for what happened in Los Angeles in the streets of Los Angeles that night following the Rodney King verdict.
0: There's been some measure of justice. There has been some resemblance of the criminal justice system acting favorably on behalf of people of color. If
3: it wasn't racially motivated, then what then was it? Wasn't. I, I don't know. I just think that it was a miscarriage of justice. This trial, named for trucker Reginald Denny, savagely beaten when the riots began in April of 92, will be remembered for the searing images of that moment. With this videotape, which one prosecutor declared is now burned into our brains.
0: So, a man is driving through a neighborhood in a truck. gets pulled out of that truck and nearly beaten to death. Brick thrown and across his head. And there's a man, look like to me, was that man, help me out, wasn't that man wearing a priest outfit Did, did am I right? Did, the black dude that spoke, that said there's, yeah, yeah, he, he's wearing a priest outfit. Throw, 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 yeah. Throw. And calling this some measure of justice for people of color. Reginald Denny is driving a truck doing his job through a neighborhood. And a group of gangbangers pull him out of his truck and nearly beat him to death. Get a slap on the wrist from the courts. And a religious man is calling it justice. When I talk about pride and why it's a poison, it moves. And the reason I showed that guy, it moves religious people away from God. Racial idolatry replaces love of God, obedience to God. And that's why we have so many ministers that sound like clowns. And sound demonic because they're serving the race gods. They're serving their racial idolatry, not the truth. This priest or or pretend priest or whatever he is. Person of the cloth. Can see a video of a man driving a truck just doing his job, get pulled out, get a brick slammed across his head, laid out in the street, nearly dead. And this is racial justice. This is some semblance of justice. And again, this is in the 1990s. You're telling me that's not the same explanation? The same explanations that white religious people in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s would offer up when they strung up a black man from a tree, and they were letting their racial idolatry take precedent over God's will, over God's instructions. This is the same thing. And so all the people that are these racial warriors, racial justice warriors and all these people that allegedly are against racism. Are you really? I don't think so. You just want racism to favor you. And that's wickedness. That's a level of evil that people with a sincere belief in God should not cannot and I will not tolerate. They should right now, cause I know on social media, people will see this and I'll be criticized and they'll, they'll Jason Whitlock. They'll put me in a, uh, Django picture of Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Pulling Leonard DiCaprio, you know, his arms, trying to save Leonard DiCaprio. They'll do that. And and, and all I, what I want you to do, put me on there, but put a depiction of a God, of me trying to pull <laughs> letting God I'm trying to pull God up out of this madness. Or put put don't 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 because God saves me. I can't save God. Put put me as DiCaprio and God trying to pull me up and save me from this racial idolatry that's destroying America. And this pride seed that we've all swallowed. The devil gave us the word pride, knowing exactly what it would do. Swallow this pill. Remember Paul said it get drunk on this pride because he knew exactly what would happen when you took your first bite of pride, you're going to start applying it to all these other different things and it will have nothing to do with pride in God because God don't even want your pride. It's irrelevant to him. He wants your obedience. It's in the Bible. You can offer him up pride. Well, I took pride in you, God. That's no replacement for obedience. And if you were in obedience to God, and I'm sorry for trying to interpret God, I I take it back. But in Jason Whitlock's view, you want to be obedient to God, open your mouth and object to the racial idolatry that has our young people out of control. Because our old people are out of control and justifying this insanity, this madness. You're so filled with what you can't forgive. The God done forgave you for all of your mess. But you can't forgive what happened to people 150 years ago. Some stuff you didn't even experience. It's an excuse. It's lazy. It's dishonest. Oh, you can't forgive the white woman or the white man that called you a name in school or or called you a name in traffic or said something that you felt was disrespectful. You can't forgive that and you got to get some revenge for that. If God applied the same standard to any of us, We'll all be burning in hell and we'll all deserve it. And perhaps that's where we're all going. It looks that way to me, all of us, all of you that are wrapped up in this racial idolatry and look, I, I, I want to be careful cause I don't want to come off as arrogant. I don't want to come off as prideful, but I, I've, I've dealt with my racial idolatry. I, that's the one, I I wish I had the same approach to uh, that I have for racial idolatry. I wish I had it towards McDonald's. I'd be 150 pounds, if that. If I had had this mindset the last 30 years as it relates to food. If I could apply the racial idolatry, because I just don't deal with racial idolatry. Won't touch my lips. Double filet of fish sandwich has been a year and a half, but I still think lovingly about that double filet of fish sandwich. God's got to work on my gluttony still. But racial idolatry? Not my issue. Not my problem. But it is our problem. So... The, the race pride thing and just how it's connected to everything and this whole proud family, proud mindset. And, and as I said it yesterday, I've said it again today. It takes you to a place of denial. I'm black and I'm proud. So I'm going to pretend like none of these problems that I have matter. I'm going to convince myself. Yeah, Jason, you, you may be 100 pounds overweight, but you're fine. Lizzo, you're fine. This is what racial pride does. I'm, last night we were at a restaurant, a group of us took a lot of people that we work with to dinner. I don't know if they saw it, but there was a family I'm not saying this to him, but I'm just speaking factually because we have an obesity problem with black folks. But we're in denial about it. And white liberals are telling us to stay in denial about it because it's someone else's fault. It's not ours. It's not our diet. It's not the choices we make about what to put in our mouth and whether or not to exercise. It's white supremacy. And if if there was no white supremacy, everybody would be good. Would everybody be in fat? and that's just not true. But again, because we live in such a state of racial pride, which creates a defensiveness, which creates denial, we'd rather be fat, obese, and damn near dead than correct and address our problems. That's what pride does. And so last night when we were out at a restaurant, I don't know if these guys caught it, but there was a table of people It had to be five or six of them. I think it was six. Five of them had to be between 300 and 400 pounds. Not calling them by name, so I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but it was a group of black folks. And there, there, there was a woman that had to be pushing 370, and she was maybe five foot four. And when she got up to waddle out of the restaurant, and it's all normal, it's all been normalized. And, and, and no one thinks that, hey, this is not good. It's because of pride and the denial that it cr- creates. And so the, the that's just me talking about food and gluttony. There's the denial about our destroyed family structure that we talk about constantly on this show. And it's all related to pride. We have to get rid of pride. It is killing us. Our family structure is in total chaos. 75, 80% of our kids being born to unwed mothers, our divorce rate astronomical, our marriage rate so low that it's virtually non-existent. I'm not running away from that. You've heard me talk about the mistakes that I've made. I'm part of the problem. My pride, my limitation of my pride allows me to talk honestly about my failures. I don't have to be in denial of them so I can correct them. But we're in so much denial because of pride. We don't correct our problems. And so we have a family structure that is in total collapse, total chaos. And we're in denial about it. And and videos keep showing up of our kids completely out of control. And so even when it doesn't involve white people, there's a buffet list a a long list of videos we could play where you're just like, what is going on with us? And you can sit here and say, well, there's videos. You can put the same thing together for white people. Stop lying. So I I just want to, I'm showing these two videos just as the gluttony denial that we're in and the family breakdown denial that we're in, they're all connected. So here's video of black folks at Denny's and Popeye's. This, when your family is completely destroyed, this is what you look like at Denny's and Popeye's.
3: A video of a brawl at a local restaurant is getting worldwide attention now. It has nearly 3 million views on Facebook. News ABC's Lauren Linder is live in Colony. Tonight. Good evening, Lauren. Good evening,
1: Noel. Well, Colony police tell me that the fight happened inside this Denny's off of Wolf Road here. The video of the fight is now gaining more views every second. We want to warn you that the content in this story is graphic. PEOPLE PUTTING HANDS ON EACH OTHER, THROWING PUNCHES, TABLES START TO MOVE AND PLATES FALL AND BREAK INTO PIECES. THIS WAS THE SCENE INSIDE DENNY'S AROUND 4:20 SATURDAY MORNING. AT A TIME YOU SEE SOMEONE LYING ON THE FLOOR. THE MOST DRAMATIC PART, A WOMAN GETTING PUNCHED BY TWO PEOPLE AS SHE TRIES TO SHIELD HERSELF FROM THE BLOWS.
0: Hey, a BRAWL INSIDE A MILWAUKEE RESTAURANT INVOLVING EMPLOYEES. And we're going to start with this story you'll only see on Fox 6 outrageous video from inside a Popeye's restaurant showing a large group of employees getting into a vicious brawl.
1: This all went down while customers were inside the store. You see them there. Our Casey Cronus joins us live with a closer look at the video.
0: I'm not playing this out of some kind of perverse satisfaction. This entire hour is not a, I'm not taking any satisfaction in this. I'm trying to wake us up to the sin of pride. And what the ramifications are for taking a bite of pride. So that pride you feel in your child, in my view. You need to turn that into gratitude and satisfaction or take the words that God used. You're well pleased with your child. Well done, son. Try that. Because I'm telling you, when you take a bite of the pride apple, white, black, Asian, whatever, and I oh, I've used pride, and it's hard, I'm perfectly fine, blah, blah, blah. No, you're not. Because if you were, you would be looking at the chaos that's going on with us, and all the other people that bit the pride apple, and watching the ramifications of this racial pride and your hair would be on fire and you would be screaming at the top of your lungs, leave pride alone. We can't handle it. God is not interested in your pride. He wants your obedience. Then, He will believe that you actually care about him. You know how many years I look like a complete fool and a hypocrite and a liar when I'd be referencing God. And then that night I would be in a strip club till two and three in the morning. I took pride in my Christianity, but I'm going to turn up at Spearmint Rhino in Las Vegas. I think God was, well, Jason's the least proud of me. And I'm going to just tell you something. This is crazy. But this is the truth. I'd be in a strip club talking about Jesus. (laughs) Some of my close friends, or a few of my close friends that I ran the streets with, they could vouch for, like, Jason's the most... Christian strip club goer that they've ever met. But I wasn't Christian. I was a fool and a hypocrite. I was a coward. I was in total disobedience. But I, I I'm 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 hoping. This is I'm telling this is what was on my heart and mind. This is what uh, I felt uh, compelled to talk about and continue to talk about J- just because there's a mindset adjustment. We all have to make and, and foundational issue, your mindset about life in the womb, because that's going to determine your mindset about life outside the womb, your mindset about pride is going to determine your understanding of what God really wants from us. Obedience. Offer that pride up as a substitute, but it's a poor one. Don't feed your child the poison of pride. Don't do it. They can't handle it. You can't handle it. They can't handle it. It's going to take you a bad place. I could sit down and, 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 and tell you the other less harmful ramifications of pride. B- but it's irrelevant because I just want you to stick to the big problems that are in our face. We've seen this type of wickedness throughout the history of America, what pride eventually leads to. I can just take a little dabble of pride here and pride, and now I'm gonna apply it to my race. Again, I'll never, you'll never hear me intentionally. And if you ever hear me say it again, it's a mistake and correct me. I'm not proud to be an American. I'm grateful for being an American. I'm well pleased with God for granting me the privilege of being an American. I owe America a debt and loyalty, but I'm not proud to be an American. Pride that any sort of pride will take me a bad place, put me into a state of denial and not be able to deal with America's flaws and not want to correct America's flaws. If you wrap yourself in pride, you just just get very defensive, and you can't see America's flaws. And trust me, America has plenty of flaws. Just like I told y'all earlier in the week when talking to Lano, I'm not proud to be a Ball State grad. I'm grateful that Ball State gave me the opportunity little ghetto kid with a 2.8 high school GPA that had no business being on that campus other than I could play a little football. Very appreciative and I will support Ball State University to the day that I die. I'll be critical of Ball State University as well because I don't let my pride in Ball State blind me to the flaws of Ball State. I'm not proud To be Joyce Whitlock's son, my father's dead, not not referencing him for that reason. I'm not proud of that. I'm grateful. That God gave me a mother. Who did everything in her power. To support me and put me in a position where I could be successful in life. If we come up out of the pride, we will address our problems, the breakdown of the family and our kids. And we won't be on videotapes going viral everywhere looking like wicked devils. Have to come up out of the denial, have to spit the pride out. That's our show for today. Tomorrow. I'll re-engage with some of our contributors uh, because, again, this, this is highly important to me. And as Christians, all of you, the viewers, followers of this show, we have to stand and speak against this racial idolatry that we're seeing from young black people that's rampant and out of control. Is there racial idolatry on the white side as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. But is it as widespread and rampant and as publicly normalized as what we have going on with black people? No dice, no way. Things have reversed. It used to be perfectly normal for white people to walk around the streets and call us the N-word without a minute's thought. Things have reversed. Now, black people can walk around the streets and call black and white people the N-word without a moment's thought. Can harass, intimidate, get up all in their faces. I dare you to do X, Y, and Z. Things have reversed. The Bible has not reversed. Nothing's changed. And those of us that stand on it should react the same way we claim. If we were, oh man, if we were around in the 50s and 60s, I'd have been right out there with so and so and so. No, you wouldn't, because you're not out there now. That same racial pride wickedness is destroying America right now, and you're doing nothing and saying nothing about it. Quit claiming that you about that life, that Christian life, if you're not really willing to stand on it. We'll see you tomorrow. Freedom.
1: Raise up your hands for freedom. I just want, I want to be, I just want, I want to be, I just want, I to be, I just want.